is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, coming to you all the way from KCK, the shop. It's a revitalization project, ladies and gentlemen. KCK's blowing up, and at the center of all, our guy, Larry Perez. To learn more, you really can't find anything more because this isn't a spot that you can rent or buy. But if you know a guy or gal, we'll get you hooked up and you can figure out how to utilize the space. Uh, Speaking of utilizing the space, the other podcast location that we shoot from is Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle is, of course, our sponsor. They've been with us from the jump, like Larry Perez, and uh, they're doing big things. Matter of fact, they just announced the Charlie Hustle Summer Series. Uh, Three causes, three events, one city. Charlie Hustle is sponsoring a a ton of fun, all philanthropic events. Uh, To learn more, you're going to have to go to, I don't have the website readily available, but it will be in the, uh, it'll be in the descriptor of this podcast, Dr. Dave. Who's Dr. Dave, you might ask? Well, he's our podcast guest today. Dr. Dave Vasquez, is that right? Ooh la la, you hit it right on the, you hit it on the head, man. Yeah, but I cheated because you, you hooked me up in advance. We won't tell anybody. All right. Well, you just did. Oh, damn. Or I did. <laughs> damn it. Dr. Dave, uh, I, you know, I was, I was prepping for this because I know that you were prepping for this and I can't hear Dr. Dave without thinking about a childhood idol of mine, Super Dave very nice. Super Dave Osborne. You remember that guy? I do. Yeah. He was like Evil Knievel, only a lot worse and a lot more funny. <laughs> I've had a few days of that when I was a kid. Did you? Yeah. Well, who doesn't want to be Super Dave, right? I mean, I'm still trying to be like Super Dave. And I think that is a perfect jumping off point for our first question. Uh, fundamentalism is all about connecting to life through fun and the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. And specifically, you said I was kind of like that as a child, or I had a few days like that as a child. Some of the concepts of fundamentalism is really trying to get back to that childlike spirit and getting out of your head and not worrying about what people think about you and just having fun. So all that to say, you've had a challenging week, a challenging month, a challenging year. You want to do some things that you find fun to get out of your head. What do you do? What do you do for fun? Oh, man. It, so it changes all the time. So uh, what I do for fun really depends on what role I'm playing. Okay. You know? So if I'm with my family... It's being dad, playing with my kids, so on and so forth. If I'm at work, it's trying to connect with patients and seeing what they do for fun. So that, that's actually a big question that I ask everybody too. For real? Yeah. So I'm always asking them, hey, what's new and exciting in your life? I love it. What a great question. You'd be surprised how many people look at you and they're like, what? They, they're not prepared. No. Because they're so used to the question, hey, how's it going today? Fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or how's the family? Been a bit, right? Yeah. Or weather sure does suck out there, right? Oh, it's cold. <laughs> But uh, it's cold everywhere I go. All right, so you own a dentistry. Yeah, so I own a, I own a dental practice in Olathe, Kansas. Okay. Uh, so this is my first shop. I've been in practice for 10 years, but uh, you know, back in 2015, I, I felt this, this pull. I'm going to get out on my own. I'm going to do, uh, do my own thing, be my own boss, right? Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those exciting and scary things at the same time. You're like, oh, is today the day? Right. And you're in, your inner voice is saying, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't it's do a, it. It's a horrible idea. <laughs> But you just kind of listen to that and you get going and, uh, and that, so in 2015, 16, in the preparation, that's what I was doing for fun. You know, sure. I was like, let's, let's build a brand, let's build a business, let's, let's build a future for, for myself, my family, so on and so forth. And then, uh, so 2017, May of 2017, we kicked off, we opened the doors and we've been there ever since. Almost three years, Paul. Almost three years. Almost three. What's been the catalyst knowing that there's probably been many, but what's been the catalyst to sustainability of your three-year term and growth? You know, really, it's uh, the biggest thing is, is developing that relationship with mm. everybody, going out and finding out what they're, what's important to them. You know, um, uh, hey, let's be honest, the dentist is a scary place, right? Sure, for sure. And go in the dental office, meeting somebody for the first time, and you don't know, you don't know what to expect. You're like, oh, I, I take care of myself. I'm good. And then the dentist walks in and goes, uh, you have some issues. For sure. Yeah, right? So the biggest thing, the, the catalyst that uh, helps us grow is trying to develop that relationship with patients, break down the, the anxiety, make them feel welcome, make them feel like they're part of the family. Well, just having met you mm-hmm. literally today, 
uh, 20 minutes prior to recording this podcast. Larry Perez speaks awfully high of you as we were sitting there trying to open the door with the key that Larry gave me for the third time that doesn't work. We decided to spend some time in your vehicle and I got to know you a little bit. And one thing that does differentiate you as a person um, compared to a lot of other individuals that I've met is your ability to just in the first, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, express a genuine interest. And, uh, I felt that via text message. Yeah. I said, what's good? What's good, Dr. Dave? And you go, oh, brother, life is good. That's right, man. Every and then day. you start sharing pictures of Super Mario and playing with your kids. And I was like, yes, I got to meet this guy. So, oh. so yeah, that's uh, the kids right now are really excited about the video games. I mean, we're playing retro Nintendo, right? Yes. Uh, this is the same system I've had forever. My wife, my wife sits there and goes, how did you keep this even functional? I was like, that's, that's what I do. That's what I, do. <laughs> I just keep things working. And uh, so she's, she was really excited about it. All the kids love to play <laughs> all these old school Nintendo games, and they'll sit down there for hours. Yes. And they're always like, Dad, Dad, give me some booger powers, right? <laughs> I'm like, booger so, powers. Booger man? Okay. All right, booger powers, you got this. You know, Mario's always throwing the fireball, right? Yeah. In the old school, it looks like he's picking his nose. Oh! Yeah. So they, Wasn't there a Boogerman game, too? Do you remember that? I think uh, that was on Sega, though. I, I can't remember that yeah. one, but they, they uh, just sit there and they laugh. They're like, Mario's picking his nose. I'm I love like, it. Yes, yes. And then they just go, hey, I need booger powers. Here, get those for me, Dad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, so I'll play for five minutes. Dad, it's my turn. Oh, okay. Yes. Here, here, here you go. What a, So outside of Mario Brothers, what games are you playing? Oh man, we play uh, Ninja Turtles. Yes. We have, so we have the arcade version. Best one. Yep. Yep. So we play that. We like to fight the purple ninjas and the blue ninjas. Yes. We like to get to the white ninjas. Yes. And it's just, uh, it's so much fun to see how excited they get. So I have four kids, right? Four. Man, that's a lot of kids. <laughs> that's a lot of kids. So I have a nine year old, will be seven, will be five, and just turned three everybody's on the twos. Yes. And it's, it's really exciting. So everybody else sit down there and the big fight is, dad, it's my turn. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what about me? I, I want to turn. For sure. Too. I want to turn. Let me play. Yes. No, no, no. Just get us to the next level. <laughs> yeah, you got this. So I'll get them to the next level and then we go from there. At what point, so you have child number one and you're like, yeah, babe, maybe we should think about a second one. Like, Maybe he, she, oldest is a... So my oldest two are girls and my youngest two are boys. Okay. All right. So oldest girl, her name? Sophia. Sophia. Sophia's born. You guys are living it up. You're having a great time. Two years in, you're like, well, probably a year and, you know, two, three months all of a sudden. You're thinking, oh, is this a plan deal? So so I got to give you some backstory, right? <laughs> Please. So uh, my wife and I were told that we would never have kids. Yeah. So we're, we're living life... Um, all right, and then we'll segue off into, because this all plays into uh, the story of the, of the practice, yes. too. So we're living life. We're trying to get ready for, you know, uh, hey, Dave, Ariana, you're never going to have kids. And we're like, okay. And then just- But you're some. not like, okay. Like, that well, hits you like a ton of bricks, right? Or do oh, you, man. how do you feel in that moment? Do you recall? Well, so we we went through some troubles. Sure. Getting pregnant. Sure. And when we got to that point, we were like, oh, okay, so this is our lot in life. Yeah. We'll, we'll deal with it. Right. We'll deal with it. And then we, uh, we find out we're pregnant. And it's uh, literally, I graduate dental school. We go to a wedding for one of her family members. We find out we're pregnant. We go to Hawaii for my sister's wedding. And she's just like, all we needed was some relaxation, man. That's it. You just needed to get out of the stress of, of school and, and yes. thinking about your career. And then, boom, it happened like right. that. So we have Sophia. And I'm so excited. I told the whole world. I'm like, oh, we're pregnant. We're going to have a baby. Oh. And my wife's like, hold on. Just wait. And I was like, no, I'm going to tell everybody. Right. And so I told the world. I shouted it from the top of every mountain. And uh, Sophia comes in to the world. We're super happy. Uh, the doctor says, hey, I just want to let you know you're probably, this is probably going to be it. I was like, cool. This is great. Right. I've, got, I've got my Sophia. For sure. And next thing you know, we're pregnant again. It's like, what? <laughs> and we have Amelia. And I'm like, only the best men only have daughters. 
I tell my pre- uh, my patients that all the time. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna have another girl." I'm like, "Only the best men have daughters. That's it." And so I'm I'm having a fun time with Sophia. We have some one on one moms with Amelia, and then uh, next thing you know, we're pregnant again. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "What's going on?" And we have Gabriel. So now we have we have two girls and a boy, and I'm I'm sitting there thinking that I'm king of the world. This is a perfect family. The whole world's made for families of four or five. We're done. For sure. We sell everything. All the kids stuff. All of it. Yeah. We're done. But you you underestimated the power of that super sperm. I did. <laughs> I did. I told, I told, I put it out in the world, man. I put it out. I was like, we have to be done having kids by 36. That's it. I put it out in the world. Well, <laughs> so I go away to train and I get a phone call. And it's uh, it's like, hey, we're we're gonna have a baby. I was like, no, 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 we're not. Right. And my wife goes, yes, yes, we are. I've taken a test. And I was like, they're wrong all the time. <laughs> oh man, they are not wrong. They are so no. right. Mm. And she uh, she told me she goes, uh, no, we're gonna have a baby. You did this to me. <laughs> you wow. you did this. No, honey, we did it together. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I I did a lot of the work. Though. <laughs> It's all me. That's right. So, goodness gracious. So, we have a three-year-old. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? He's homesick today. Side note, you know, this thing's going around. This, uh, oh, have yeah. you heard about this? Larry, have you heard about this one? The corneavirus? The corneavirus. The cor- the cor- the it's an optometrist deal. Like, you have to go to the eye doctor, cornea. I haven't no, seen it. I've heard about no, it. No, I know. That's why you, <laughs> that's why you defined it as, as a Maybe corneavirus. It, I can't see it. So this coronavirus is going around, and uh, Larry and I have been having some discussions about it. And, uh, you know, Larry's very energy-driven and spiritual, and uh, oftentimes of the belief, if he hasn't seen it or experienced it, kudos to him, he questions its mm-hmm. existence. I think we could all afford to do that a little bit, right, more oh, yeah. these days. But the same token, I also, I've never experienced gingivitis and I'm not certain it exists, but I do know every time I go to the dentist, They're he like, says, or she says, do you need to floss some more or you need to get down there in them gums? So ultimately, does gingivitis exist? I don't know. But all that to say that, I'm telling my son, Brennan, named after Will Ferrell's character in Step Brothers. Very nice. Um, Dude, you need to brush your teeth or you need to brush, wash your hands a little bit more and brush your teeth, obviously. <laughs> uh he needs to wash his hands a little bit more because, you know, the sickness is going around, whether it's the coronavirus or influenza A, B, whatever. It's, it's, it's flu season. So just take good care of yourself. Wash your hands regularly. He says, Dad, I, I don't, I don't want to wash my hands. I think I want to be sick so I don't have to go to school on Monday. He's three. So I'm like, Brennan, dude, you don't want to be sick. Like, it's a lot worse than you think. You remember when you were throwing up and you didn't like that? He was like, yeah, I remember, but I don't like school either. And so he's fighting me on washing his hands. And ultimately, I get him to wash his hands. We go to this progressive dinner on Saturday night. And my mother, uh, we call her Beep, 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 because every time she pulls up, she honks the horn. So that's what the kids call her, Beep, Beep. That's great. So they go and they have a sleepover at Beep's while my wife, Melissa, and I, we travel to these three different houses and we uh, have a progressive dinner. And we get a text message from my mother early Sunday morning saying Brennan's running a temperature and he is sick. And so here we are Monday morning and uh, recording this podcast and Brennan is at home, not going to school, sick. So basically what he did is he manifested exactly how he wanted that crap to go down. And that's what happened. Oh man, having kids is an adventure, right? (laughs) So with four in the house, if one gets sick, I just sit there and I'm like, Oh, yes. how long before I get it? And am sure. I going to get it worse than they have? Yes. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a fight every night. You know, uh, I like that. That was, that was fun, wasn't it? Well, so tell me about, so we, we were talking about this coronavirus. Yeah. And everybody's in panic mode. <laughs> not, not Larry. Society is in panic mode. That's accuracy. All right. Yeah. Larry says that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, kind of broached the subject with Dr. Dave prior to coming on. And you said, there's a funny meme going around that you should be more concerned with gingivitis. Than yeah, yeah. There's this meme going around on all the, so every, every dental message board, you know, I'm, 
I'm a real I'm a real nerd on my job, man. I tell you what, I geek out on that stuff. But there's a meme going around that says, "Hey, hey, folks, focus more on gingivitis than coronavirus right now." Right? Yes, it's it's the truth. Um, with respect to if you know, take care of yourself. Yes, health. <laughs> That's the best thing. I'm just sitting I here feel going. Like he was just oh, guarding man. against. Uh, he was guarding against you, Larry. All right. We talked about your trials and tribulations uh, being a parent, specifically the process leading up to it. Oh yeah. And I, I've heard, and uh, I think with anything in life, this this is intuitive. When you're in your head and you're worried about things, then stress is created, and it can have a negative impact on not just your mind, but your body as well, right? Big time. You can gain weight. You could potentially negatively influence uh, your health. Uh, and in this case, in the case of your wife, um, it was it was troublesome in terms of having children. So you guys relax, you start having a good time, and all of a sudden, bloop, bloop, now, bloop, it, bloop. So, so uh, when we were outside in the car, um, I've got all my stuff getting ready to go to the gym after this, right? And... The funny thing about it is all the kids are spaced out exactly two years, and they're all born. I've got two born in March. I've got one born in February. I've got one. The outlier is born in June. And so it, everything coincides to springtime, right? We start getting healthy. We start going to the gym. Mm. See? Body's See? looking right. I tell you what, problem is, don't work out. <laughs> Stop it. Well, if you don't have your pre-workout, you might not be so apt to work out, right? Oh, yeah. I love that stuff, man. It makes, uh, makes me feel like King Kong. I know. And that's exactly what went down the night that you... <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Was it Denzel oh. that said, King Kong ain't got nothing, ain't got on, nothing me. on me? That's right. I think he said, ain't got shit on me, but nevertheless. This is a family show. This is a family show. I mean, <laughs> hopefully, your, hopefully your family tunes in. That would be awesome. They do. So, uh, so Larry turned me on to your podcast a while ago. Yes? He did. He goes, hey, you need to listen to this guy. And so I did. I, um, so I call Larry kind of like uh, Bodhisattva, right? He's, yeah. he's got some good energy and he shares some good information. That's a point and, break reference for those oh, of you that aren't aware. Oh, yeah. The, the, the original, yeah. not the new one. Oh, you didn't like the new one? I like the new one, but I'm, I'm more sure. You're old the school. original. Draw yeah. back. You're, uh, you're, you're original Nintendo. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> Uh, and so, so he was like, Hey, you need to listen to this guy. And so I'm, I'm taking some time and listening to it cause we all get into our head. Right. And, uh, I like to listen to different podcasts when I'm at work doing the, the admin stuff. And before I go to the gym, kind of get to my, get my head right. And then put on some music. And I like taking little tidbits, uh, from, different segments that you said, like, get out of your head, right? Yes. Because, man, I can live there all we day all long. And it's, uh, it's really important. It's really important to kind of take those, those tidbits and apply them to, to my life because uh, from the business perspective, I can be in my head super focused on admin. I can be super focused on, on the business side of it. And then I miss out on what's really important, and that's having that relationship with the patient, with the new person that's coming in. Because you know, let's uh, let's be honest. What's your experience with with your with your dentist? It's like ten to fifteen minutes a year, yes. right? And half the time, I know my experience growing up. Maybe it's not that way for everybody, but my experience growing up was uh, you your main main relationship is with the hygienist. Uh, he or she cleans your teeth. Hey, you're doing this great. Hey, you need to work on this. Dentist comes in and goes, Hey, they've got this, 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 this. Hey, or how are the kids? The whole time your mouth is open, you're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and they say, yes, our dental is awesome. We understand everything. Right. And then they get up and they walk out. And so, uh, so I was like, man, I, you know, I, I need to, I need to be present. I need to be mindful of what's going on because, uh, the, I, I want to have the relationship with these people. Yes. So, so that's, that's kind of in kicking off my business. I was, it was myself, an assistant and a part-time front desk person. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing all the cleanings. I'm doing all the dental work, everything. I'm really starting to develop these relationships with people. And it's, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun to kind of find out what makes people tick and what they're, what they're doing. Like I said, one of the big questions I always ask is what's new and exciting in your life. Yes. And it's, it's really fun to hear what some of their responses are. Did it take you, um, how long did it take you 
or is it just an innate trait to kind of learn how to create these uh, impromptu discussions where where people's guard is down and, and they can open up in a genuine way? If you met me 10 years ago, you'd be like, oh, that guy wears a white coat. Oh, really? He, he does. He wears a white coat and a suit and tie every day. Um, you know, when I first got out of school, it was, uh, I had in my head that I was Dr. Vasquez. You know, I'm, I'm the doctor. Yeah, you are. And yes. Dr. Yes, Dave. I, yes, I am. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's one of those things where I really had to break down that wall. There's, I'm no different than anybody else. I go to work. Uh, at the time, I was like, I go to work. I come home. I do my thing. Uh, maybe I just need to kind of relax. Plus, uh, a lot of people just butchered my last name. So I was like, just call me Dave. Yes. I'm Dr. Dave. And then I realized as I was kind of approaching people with that, uh, with that mentality of Dr. Dave, it started to break down walls. So now I'm not the guy wearing the white coat. I'm right. just, I'm Dave. And they'd be like, hey, Dave, what's going on? I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? Um, and then I realized that how's it going uh, was only giving me that one, one word answer. Sure. Good. Yeah, fine. Yep. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm going to lay back and I'm going to let you do your work. Uh, and then I decided it's, uh, it's really time to start asking him a little bit more. So that's where I was like, what's new and exciting in your life? And dude, I'm getting awesome answers now. <laughs> I admire you so much because, uh, so your practice has been around for three years. You yeah. were doing it before then under somebody else. Um, but for me, that is obviously I'm biased, but that speaks directly to my heart. And I think it, it ultimately speaks to the heart of everybody with whom you're working with or on because you're asking them questions about the things that they find near and dear to their heart. Yeah. So specifically what you're doing is you're focusing on one interaction at a time, right? You're not worried mm -hmm. about, you're out of your head because you are present and you're focused on the one interaction that's literally right in front of you. And by focusing on that, they feel their importance and their value. And when it comes time to consider going in for another cleaning or a, a dentistry opens up right down the street, well, maybe just maybe they're not going to explore that because they recall how Dr. Dave makes them feel, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a gig a couple of weeks ago with the Michigan Farm Bureau. And I've been, I've been focusing a little bit on my intro on this, this, this concept of one interaction at a time. We have this daunting task oftentimes. How do we change society? I want to change the world. I want to change my family. I want to get them more present or whatever it may be. But truly, the only thing we could really do is focus on one interaction at a time. So I introduce this concept and then I go out and I, and I mingle with the audience and specifically individuals that I had met prior to the engagement, because the engagement starts long before I go on stage. The engagement is the night before when I'm riding up in the elevator and Dr. Dave comes on and I see you in your white coat. And I'm like, oh, how's it going, sir? What is good? And then a conversation starts, right? Yeah. But I, because I am present, I remember those things. So I go out and I interact with these folks. Dr. Dave, you may not remember me, but we were in the elevator. You held it open. And I recall you saying that you had four kids and you guys are super into Mario Brothers right now and flicking boogers. Yeah. And so I do this like four or five times. And then I, and then I say, you know, some folks make an, they make a, uh, an impression on you and they're not even aware that they're doing it. And I go all the way back to the back row and there's this gentleman, and I said, like you, sir, what's your name? And I want to say his name was Zach. Uh, and I said, Zach, you have the most glorious mullet I have ever seen in my whole entire life. And everybody starts busting up laughing, right? And I said, but Zach, don't get it twisted. Like, I mean what I'm saying. I admire, I admire your look because you are validating and reaffirming that you don't care what other people think. You know that it takes a risk to wear a haircut like that. Whether people are going to like it or not look at, like it, people are ultimately going to take a second look at the dude with the mullet, right? And so you made a conscious decision that you're going to rock it and you're rocking the hell out of it, dude. I admire you. So that interaction ends. 50 more minutes go by. We wrap up. I'm done. I go in a, the room next door. They're having like a meet and mingle like deal where people are playing uh, cornhole and Give her dabble in cornhole? Every once in a while. Are you good? No. All right. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, the guy, Zach, he calls me over 
And I go over there and he goes, uh, hey man, I just want to say thank you. Now, mind you, I mean, we're talking a Michigan farmer, uh, somewhat introverted. We're talking Wranglers, boots, a lot like your get up, right? You got to appreciate the boots. Man. I do, man. Square toes. We, those are called shit kickers where I'm from, Osawatomie, Kansas, brother. I'm from Western Kansas, man. Are you really? Yeah. What part? So I grew up on a farm south of uh, Goodland. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you work on a farm? Yeah. So, uh, kind of segueing away from your story here. Yeah. yeah so, um, it's all right. I, I tell way too many stories anyway. That's the best part of life. Man. <laughs> you did say that in our original text. I did. I did. So, stories, stories kind of bring us all together, right? So, I grew up in uh, Western Kansas. I grew up on a small family farm. Uh, it was my grandpa- grandparents' farm. Uh, my granddad. Uh, so the interesting thing is he has an excerpt, like a little clipping from a newspaper. His dad moved from Indiana in 19, or no, 1897. He homesteaded that area. So he, you know, his dad gets in a covered wagon, travels from Indiana out to Western Kansas. What is this, a covered wagon? Yeah, they're it's just like sitting, there, sitting there. <laughs> I'm trying to jump rope. You know, I got the reins in my hands. I'm ready to go. Yeah, let's, let's move, mule. Oregon trail style. Oh, yeah. I wonder if he got dysentery. I, no one knows. He didn't die. He did not. He made die. it. He made it as far as Western Kansas. Sure, right? Goodland yep. to be exact. Oh, even farther, about twenty-seven miles south of Goodland. So, if you were to actually drive out there, when I tell people where I'm from, they're like, "So, what's it like?" I'm like, "Yeah, I could drive thirty minutes and see one person on the highway." Jeez. Yeah, it's awesome. So you get you have uh, you know you're a kid, you're growing up in Western Kansas, you're living the good life. Um, Pun intended. <laughs> yes. Uh, living the good life. And it's, it's one of those things where you had to have a, you know active imagination, right? So if you grow up outside, you don't come into town unless you're going to school or you're going to go do an activity or you're, you're going to the grocery store. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, man, I grew up wearing boots and Wranglers and I had the, the buckle not not the big buckle. I didn't have the platter. You had the the middle size buckle. I had I had the <laughs> the the, uh, the, the starter. <laughs> I had the starter set. Do you, hey, do you guys have charcuterie on that belt buckle? Because I'm really <laughs> into cheese plates. Uh, so, dude, I admired a great deal. Because uh, again, we grew up in a small town. I didn't grow up on a farm, mm-hmm. but I mean, all of my friends did. And uh, I recall one of our favorite pastimes was going down to the Cow Palace on Saturday mornings. Uh, which is owned by the Atwoods and my one of my best buds, mom and dad, and we'd go down there for butcher day. And uh, you know, I'm junior high, so this is like, whoa! You guys got any of that deer jerky? You got it, you know. So it's awesome. But we, I, I grew up around farm, and matter of fact, a lot of my friends to this day still have cows or horses or whatever it may be. But um, so, gentlemen, that. He had tighter pants on than you. I will tell you that. I, I can't do tight pants. You can't? No. Dude, I'm actually trying. I'm rocking them a little bit today. These are newbies, but uh, I'm kind of into the look. And I'll tell you why here in a second. <laughs> because stories are make the is what makes the world go around, Larry. Did you know that? Did you turn your mic off? I'm still thinking about the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like you got a little a little something in your throat. That's why I'm worried. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get in your head, man. That's how it manifests. <laughs> so uh, Zach comes up to me at the after party, calls me over. He says, I just want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank me for what? He says, well, um, you may not know this, but I'm really working hard to get out of my shell right now. And uh, the mullet is one way that I'm forcing myself to do so. And so I said, well, why, what is that driven by? Why are you trying to get out of your shell? Bold choice, Cotton. Yeah, I know. Bold choice. <laughs> the Ocho. Yep. But uh, so I said, what is that driven by? And he says, from when I was junior high all the way through high school, I had really, really bad acne. And although it's completely cleared up now, I'm still really self-conscious about people looking at me. And so the mullet is kind of my way to force myself out into, you know, this space that is uncomfortable for me so I can get out of my shell. And he said, and then you call on me like that. The Lord works in mysterious ways. In his mind, he's sitting there going, not, not me. You mother, Please. Yeah, I know. But the reason why I told that story is stories are the connection of, of life and, and what drives interest in others and relationships. That's kind of like your your journey and the white coat and the, you know, the tie and the seeing yourself oh, yeah. as, 
as something and then ultimately it clicked. What was it that made it click for you? You know, and in, in, uh, when I'm not at work, when I'm not, uh, when I'm not saving the world one tooth at a time, <laughs> building smiles, when I'm not being a molar mechanic. Uh, are I these like, all on the message boards? No, no, these are mine. Okay, you come up with them yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least I'm hoping so. <laughs> there is a dude rapping outside of the shop right now, Dr. Dave. He's literally spitting rhymes on the sidewalk. He is feeling the flow that we've got going on right here. Feeling the flow. Like uh, like uh, Naughty by Nature? Ooh, yes. Here, here we go now. <laughs> yes, you got it. <laughs> hey, man, when you're, like I said, I grew up in western Kansas, so you, you get to sit out there and you're like, well, it's got a long ride. Might as well play some music. That's true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, Molar mechanic. Molar mechanic. When you're not out there being a molar mechanic or creating smiles or changing the world one tooth at a time, yeah, so, you are doing what? So I'm uh, at home, right? And so... Now that uh, now that we have four kids and they're all becoming of age to start playing sports, we're doing the whole family thing, you know, get up on Saturday morning, take the kids to an event. And I look down the line of parents. There's just this huge line of parents and they're all sitting there. They're either on their phone or they're drinking coffee and, and good on them. You know, it's, it's Saturday morning. It's early. They're sitting there going, one more hour of sleep would have been awesome. For sure. Yeah. But uh, my thing is I always try to talk to somebody because... I don't know. I just don't dig the whole silence and sitting next to somebody and not uh, not acknowledging that they exist. Right. And so I try to have uh, conversations. It can be about anything, man. We, it's like, hey, I'm Dave. And they're like, oh, hey, Dave. Uh, which kid's yours? Oh, that's that's mine right there. Sophia? Yeah. That's Sophia or that's Amelia. And, and they'll be like, oh, she's nice. And I'm like, thank you. So uh, who's your kid? <laughs> And then we just continue to strike oh, up I this conversation. I'm just oh, here. You're, you're just, just hanging out. Are you the referee? Yeah, that's right. No. Uh, maybe we should have another talk. Come on. Come, yeah, let's right. go back here. Let's go back here. We're going to talk about this. Uh, but it's uh, I find it amazing that that we can go throughout. Uh, we can go throughout our entire day and not talk to anybody. For sure. And I see that a lot. Um, that's that's why I'm always trying to ask people. You know. What's what's new and exciting in life? What's uh, what's new with you? I love it because now we're, you know, we continue to get these new people, and that's my that's my chance to kind of break down that wall, right? right? And I had a gentleman the other day go, "Hey, I'm getting married." I was like, "Really?" I was like, "Best best thing I ever did." And uh, he goes, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's the best thing I ever did." And then I said, "You get married, enjoy it, have kids, enjoy them." And they're like, yeah, yeah. And then they start breaking that wall down even more, and they start telling you more and more. And it's, it's amazing what people will tell you when you ask. For sure. 100%. And show a genuine interest in actually caring to know what the answer is. Yeah. So how did you choose dentistry? Oh, man. So the, this is the story, right? This is the story. This is the story. So growing up, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. And I was like, I want to work on knees and ankles, and I'm going to work for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to be their, their uh, orthopedic surgeon. I was like, yeah. I just admitted I was a Cowboys fan. Yes, I did hear yeah, that, but I was yeah. going to let it slide because if that's... That's when I was much younger. Okay. <laughs> I was much younger. Uh, it, was, it was just the way it was in, at the house. And, uh, and so I did that, took all the prep, uh, passed all the tests, did all the observation hours, was really having a good time, and started meeting all these different doctors and, and uh, realized that I just didn't have the freedom that I wanted. Um, nothing wrong with that. Those guys, those men and women are amazing. My brother-in-law is an orthopedic surgeon. He's awesome. So really, you're just hedging your bets right now. I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm covering everything. I'm like, like trying those not- Those guys are awesome. They're not for me, yep. but they're awesome. <laughs> How can I be the least offensive person? Yeah, exactly. yep. So, so I went. I did all this stuff, and I was I was realizing it just wasn't for me. It didn't fit into what I wanted in life. And, and my family, uh, my family dentist, he was like, you know what? Um, I think you'd really dig what I do. Come work for me. So here I am, just finishing up college, um, doing a whole bunch of other stuff on the side, and uh, working as a dental assistant. And I loved it, man. We were fixing things like that. I have this, excuse me, I have this need to fix, right? 
I love working with my hands. I love changing things that are broken and fixing and making them like uh, instant gratification. Yeah, that's the story of every. Oh, everybody wants it. Every girl that I ever dated prior to my wife. Yeah. I was a fixer. (laughs) I'm. What's the matter with you? Let's see what we can do. And so, uh, you know, I, I love, I love it when people come in and they're like, "These are the worst teeth you've ever seen." I'm like, mm, "No, not yet, right? Not yet." But I can fix them. You know, I can fix what you have going on. Let's let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's find out what your desires are. What do you want? Uh, what do you want? I'll tell you what you need. Let's compromise and meet in the middle. And. So that's uh, that's kind of where I was, you know. I was like, I was watching these gentlemen establish relationships with people and doing beautiful work. Uh, I, that's the thing I always think that your dentistry should should reflect uh, how you feel about your work. It sure. should lo- it should look like it grew there, right? It should look like that. If you replace the tooth, it should look like the tooth actually grew from that area. Yes. And there are some amazing dentists out in the world. Once again, you know, let's be PC. Yeah. There's some amazing dentists out in the world and they do beautiful, beautiful work. And that's kind of my benchmark. I see their work and I'm like, I want to do that. Yes. Or one step better. Yes. And so I'm working with these, uh, my mentors. I consider these two gentlemen my mentors. I'm working with them and I'm learning uh, everything that they're doing, how, they're, how they establish their relationship with their patients, how they're discussing some significant treatment because let's be honest most of the stuff that they're doing isn't isn't inexpensive Mm. and how are they making this feasible for for the people that they're working on and i'm like this really appeals to me so i apply to dental school and uh get an interview and i'm like hell yeah let's do this all right i'm in right i'm in and i remember during the interview process uh the dean of admissions uh really cool guy goes around the entire table and goes, hey, I went to school with your aunt. Hey, I went to school with your uncle. Hey, I know your dad. I know your grandpa. And he comes to me. I'm sitting at the end of the table. And he goes, I have no idea who you are. Yes. And I was like, oh, crap. I was like, don't worry about that, sir. By the time I leave here, you'll know who I am. Did you really? I did. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, it took uh, it took a lot of stones to say that because deep down inside, my, in my I'm in my head at this point. I'm like screaming. I can yeah. hear myself screaming going, this is the worst way to start a first impression. But I was like, hey, by the, by the time I leave here, you'll know who I am. And, you know, next thing you know, it's, uh, it's like, th- that was, I think, August. Didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. And I'm sitting there going, oh man, did I, did I not make it in? Really worried. Then uh, his secretary calls me like right before Christmas break and goes, hey, I just want to let you in, uh, let you know, Merry Christmas. I was like, don't mess with me this is not funny. Right. And she goes, no, you're in. I was like, so I did my happy dance around the office. I was sure. working in, uh, I think I picked up a few of the sec- the ladies that were working there. I picked them up and I danced with them a little bit. And then I, uh, composed myself, went back to work. What's your happy dance look like? I mean, you don't oh, have to man. show me, but, uh, shall we? No, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> shall we? I mean, we can. Yeah, might as well. Uh, you know, I'll do, I'll do anything, man. Like, uh, sometimes, if, if, if I'm really happy, I'll just grab my wife. We'll two-step around the kitchen for Good a little for bit. Uh, sometimes it's just picking the kids up and spinning them around. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just doing silly stuff if you're not, uh, if no one else is for around. For sure. We're doing this face dancing. Oh, lately. yeah. So my three-year-old loves it. So we've been listening to a lot of Queen. Very nice. And uh, we used to have Hall & Oates dance parties on Friday nights. But now it's like... So that kind of ran out of the rotation. We've been doing Queen lately. And so I just, you know, I dance with my face like this, you know, it's just really, and my son at three, he just thinks it's the best thing in the whole entire world. So I admire any time that you could, to hear you say, get out of your head and uh, have a good time. And in this moment, it was celebrating the fact that you've you've had this this phenomenal peak in your career, right? Yeah, I reached reached the goal. Yes. so the funny thing is I meet with people and they're like, are, are you happy? You don't seem happy. You know, yes. uh, so I had a marketing meeting the other day and I sat down with the individuals and they're, they're like, you've seen great success with this product. I'm like, yes. And they're like, are you happy? I'm like, yes. And they said, this is you happy? I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm like, well, I guess I should change the way I'm, I'm uh, you know, responding to you, you're asking simple questions that require one word answer. Yes, exactly. You know, yes. I'm like, yes. And they said, well, you know, you're kind of freaking us out. Yeah. I'm like, no, we met our goal. So what did I do? I moved the post. 
I love it. You know, and they said, uh, they said, I don't understand. I was like, we met, we met the goal that I established. They're not Cowboys fans. They don't know what move the post means. (laughs) That's a sad, sad story. (laughs) I'm going to sit here and cry internally for a little bit. Okay. That's good. Tears. Yep. So, so we're having this meeting and I'm like, yeah, we met, we met the goal. Let's move the post. Right. So now we refocus, move forward. Um, that's, uh, I don't know. That's kind of another, another approach that I have. My wife's like, you need to celebrate these little victories. Dude, right? and your wife is brilliant. She is super smart. She, uh, <laughs> she helps me on so many levels stay, stay focused because she'll be like, celebrate these little victories. Because in my head, I'm like, met the goal. Move the post. What's next? Yep. Head down. Keep working. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's kind of the funny thing because my brother will call me and he'll be like, don't let anybody outwork you. He goes, we have to work harder than anybody else. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, let's do this. But where's the enjoyment come? You know, the funny thing is uh, it's that, that satisfaction of hitting that goal. Right. And then sitting there going, oh, I'm going to move that post. Sure. Like going to the gym, right? When you, sure. move, when you move a whole stack of weight and you're like, hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. Next lift, I'm going to go 10 pounds heavier. Yeah. <laughs> now we're at 20. Dude, you said, you're, you said that you're pushing 40. I, I don't. I don't. I don't push heavy weight anymore because every time I do, everything aches and hurts and I have to go see an orthopedic. So I'm literally the dude over there with the 15s doing five sets of 16. Everybody's like, hey, is it a light day, brother? I'm like, shut up. This is me now. Leave me alone. Yeah, that's right. So, but what I love about your your wife's approach is um, I get how you and your brother are wound and I appreciate it because it helped you get here. And quite honestly, um, I can relate because you and I are building something together, a brand yeah. as well, right? But the same token, what are we doing it for? And you got four beautiful kids at home. You got an amazing wife that's been with you through thick and thin. Uh, if we can't shut it off and not think about what's next and appreciate all of the awesomeness that we've helped create, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in in, in uh, complement with the others in our life, like the Larrys of the world, then what are we doing it for? Oh man, that's a good question, right? So yeah, I, I really rely on her to, she keeps me grounded because... I love to have fun. Don't get me wrong, man. I'll I'll cut loose and have a good old time. But when I get into, when I get into work mode, I'm like, this is, this is the path. This is what we're doing. This is what we're going to do. And she, uh, she'll sit there and she'll be like, Hey, slow down, slow down there, buddy. You need to focus on, you need to be present. You be mindful of what we have right now. Love it. She gives you the proverbial kick to the shin. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, you said, uh, I like to have fun and cut loose, like, you know, with the best of them. And I think that's something that I struggle with a lot in um, this particular message and the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle, because I'm not, I'm not out here preaching for everybody to just be, you know, zany or like crazy or over the top. It's literally do the things that, that make you happy, that make you smile, or that can help others do that. And and how you do that is in your dentistry when you're asking these questions that that other dentists, quite honestly, in my experience, aren't asking. So you had kind of talked about other individuals' experience with their dentist. I, I myself had been going to the same dentist since I was six, uh, Dr. Stephen Brightwell. There you go. That's and, a great name. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Brightwell. Yeah. <laughs> Can you do that to my teeth, please? That's right. I want shiny. Yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, I recall he had this wicker basket. And so whenever we'd go and you were good in the chair, you got to go to the wicker basket and get whatever toy stick or whatever it may be. That was the incentive, right? So growing up, I always went to Dr. Stephen Brightwell. All the way through adolescence, all the way through my my college years, and, and, and on to early adulthood. And uh, over time, what started to happen was my family started going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, my my mom went to another dentist. Uh, my grandma started going to another dentist. Some things had happened where they didn't necessarily appreciate. But I was so comfortable with Dr. Brightwell and and knowing what to expect. And you hit the nail on the head. My hygienist was fire. I mean, she was oh, so yeah. awesome that I didn't want to leave her. And side note, Dr. Brightwell does amazing work. So I stopped going to Dr. Brightwell because I got a job out in Portland, Oregon. I start going to this other dentist and I have to get a cavity. 
filled or, or, or replaced or something. So he opens up my mouth and he goes, my goodness, whoever your dentist was does phenomenal work. And I'm like, yeah, yes, yeah, thank, I yes, think he thank does, you. right? Thank you. Right? So um, I moved back. We moved back. And uh, Dr. Brightwell's still in business. I immediately start going to work with him. And my mom says, you know, he's, he's not the cheapest. There's better options out there. And I'm like, not for me. Um, he doesn't have the best bedside manner. I'm like, it's cool. Like my hygienist does, and he does great work. And quite honestly, like Dr. Dave, I like the challenge of trying to get Dr. Brightwell out of his head. Like I, I mess with him, right? Yeah. yeah. How am I going to get him to say something? Yes. Yeah. Like we're going to, you know, we're, <laughs> we're going to have an interaction today other than what the norm is. Yes, for sure. And you know, when I got him to open up what it was about public speaking, Oh, man. He had to deliver his uh, his speech, his father's speech at his daughter's wedding. When he so so he opened up about that, but and it was phenomenal. But all of a sudden, I'm ready for my next appointment, and Dr. Stephen Brightwell has retired. Oh no! They don't tell me. Like no one tells me. It's it's only when I go to book my appointment or to follow up and get my six month appointment. Well, I've only been going to Dr. Stephen Brightwell because he does phenomenal work and I'm comfortable with him. And I like the hygienist, but I don't even know now because it was purchased by another dentist, is my hygienist even still there? So I'm like, all right, Melissa, my wife, uh, why don't you go ahead and start looking for other dentists for me? I'm interested in going to yours. So she calls to book an appointment. I recall, I'm in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, balls, she, she calls to book an appointment. She says, I'd like to book an appointment for my husband. And uh, lady goes, well, he needs to call us. And my wife says, but ma'am, my, my husband travels a lot. He's out of town. I always book his appointments. She goes, well, that's against HIPAA rules. And Melissa goes, I don't think that's accurate. Uh, we do this all the time. And the lady was just not friendly, not whatever. And she says, can we just get something on the calendar? And once we get closer to the, to the event, Paul will call and do whatever pre-work you need to, right? Fast forward. It was a big challenge, Dave. It was a it was um it was unnecessary what this lady was ha- having me go through. And so ultimately I throw my hands up and I'm like, I'm not going there. And I call the dentist and I said, Hey, um, I just want you to be aware. He didn't answer his phone. I want you to be aware that my wife is the sweetest lady on the planet. I'm biased, but she never talks negatively about anybody. And um, she's had multiple interactions with this front desk lady, and uh, I just want you to be aware of what's representing your thing, you know, because if if she's not inviting newbies in, I'm curious what the existing relationships look like. So just with respect, know that this is happening. That That's huge, right? So It's your first impression. Oh, man, it's it's big. It's one of those things when I was, so um, so my wife worked for me when I first opened the practice. It was awesome. Here's, here's my wife. She's in nursing. That's kind of her her thing. She's a cardiology nurse, and she is really good at what she does. She told me that if she's going to give me CPR, she'll definitely stomp on my chest. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's really good at what she does, and I was like, "Hey, you know, can you come and help me get this thing started?" And so she's she's doing all that. She's uh, being that front desk person. She's being the person generating sunshine coming in and going out. Love that's it. that's what you want, right? Yes. You want that person to. Because that first impression is so critical. Yes, and those are those are things that I really um, I really take seriously with patients. You know, uh, if someone calls me and they ask to speak to me, I'm I'm there. I wanna I wanna take that phone call. If I can't get get on the phone call right away, I'll be like, hey, give me the number. I'll call them back. I love it because those interactions make the difference, right? So, how do you choose any of your professionals you work with? It's usually is it close to where I work. Is do they have convenient hours? Yes. Do they take my insurance? Number four, number four is do I like them? Yes. Why is number four do I like them? <laughs> That's horrible. That's horrible. And I I talk to people about that all the time. I'm like, so why'd you choose us? And they're like, oh, you're close to where I work. I'm like, did you look at any of the other stuff? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got to, you know, we we checked out your your website and we looked at your reviews and we thought you'd be okay. Right. I was like, oh. Now the challenge is on. Yes. I don't want to be okay. I want to be their guy, right? Everybody has a guy. Yes. Like Larry. We have Larry. Larry's our guy. Our web guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
He just keeps, you're my he, guy now. Yeah, there you go. Just based on, dude, I've had so much fun uh, in this interaction, and uh, I can't wait to to get to know you better. Um, and we're not stopping yet because I have a series of fun questions that I would like to ask you. Uh oh. But uh, I, the people want to know. Sure. Every time I go to the dentist, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a consistent flosser, Doctor Dave. I just got to be. I just, I'm being honest. You're right? breaking my heart. I know. I can hear it cram- yeah. cr- like crumbling. <laughs> I can feel it right now. But every time I know that I'm going to the dentist, uh, the one week prior to going to the dentist, it's this is a case study that I have. We can tell. I don't know. Can you though? Because oh no, yes, no BS. Because sometimes they're like, oh, they look really good. I can tell you've been flossing, and I'm like, ha ha, I got you because I had been the last week. <laughs> True. So you can't tell or not. What oh is it? no, we can tell. How? We can tell. So we're so uh I like to blow everybody's tooth up to the size of a golf ball, right? I wear I wear telescopes on my eyes so okay. I can I can blow everything up and I'm sitting there looking around. I'm like, oh, there's a cut there, there's a cut there. Man, you've been really aggressive. You've been tearing yourself up. Yes. And <laughs> it it is funny, you know. I'll be honest, I'm not the best flosser myself. <laughs> What? I, I'm going to... Oh, it's a dirty secret. I just shared <laughs> Literally one. dirty. Yeah, there you go. Uh, if you were to... And I tell my patients this. If you were to give me the string floss and set me down in front of a mirror at night and say floss, I would tell you no. That's just me. I, yes. I don't know what it is. I just can't make myself do it at night. Right. So I keep the floss picks. I keep floss picks all over. They're in my bag. They're in my car. They're convenient. They are. And so I've decided my my one time a day to floss is on my drive to work. Mm. I finish my coffee. I'm like, oh, all right, here we go. Floss on my way to work. I'm like, done. I met my met my requirement for the day. So I need some. So I tried those things before, mm-hmm. and some of my teeth are pretty close together. And so they always, whenever I get back to my my molars, <laughs> I think they're my bicuspids. Oh, now you're getting technical. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to dentistry school, but I've heard a thing or two. It's okay. We'll get you your degree on the way out. <laughs> okay. uh, nevertheless, they always get stuck back there and then it rips it out of the little thing. And so then I give up. And so I feel like for me, the, the, the actual string. floss works better, but to your point, it's not convenient and I hate doing it. Oh yeah. And you don't want to be doing that when you're on a plane, right? Or driving down. The, yeah. It's, driving, it would be exciting. That is true. You're sitting there. But dangerous. We have kids, man. Oh man. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> well, you got to bring up old stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, now I'm brought back to reality. Um, so tell me about, uh, Something also that interests me about uh, the the teeth space is that the yeah. that's the formal term the teeth space. Well, are we talking about the mouth, the, <laughs> the whole thing? Or do not love what, what are we talking talk about? Like the you know the covered wagon and yep. the the whole mouth. All right, so uh, teeth whitening okay is a thing that yeah. some people do. And so, of course, um, I've fallen into this trap recently of being somewhat of an Instagram purchaser um, with these targeted ads. And so they have that smile deal. I don't know what it's called, but essentially it's uh, it's a device that has a mouth tray and you put the, uh, the solution in said mouth tray and it has a UV light and you press it and it works for like 20 minutes. Then you wash it out and you're done. Does that work? You're going to get, so you're going to get mixed results. Um, natural teeth will always brighten. If you have any dental work on the anterior teeth in the front of your, you know, anterior teeth, you're not going to get uh, much change there. Sure. If you want to really get good results, you want to work more, uh, with professional solutions in your dental office because we, we are allowed to have the good stuff. Sure. We're allowed to have the good stuff where you're going to get better results, uh, quicker. Yes. Um, you know, everybody's always saying, Hey, do, do the white strips work? They'll work if you use them long enough. I just don't like the mess. Well, and they make my teeth really sensitive. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't doesn't feel good, especially because if your teeth are super sensitive, uh, sometimes it gives me a headache too. So I like uh, I like convenience. Convenience is huge. I like uh, what were the four? <laughs> do I do I like them? That's number four. That, do that I is like- number four. Yeah. It made it all the way to the bottom of the list. There there are four or five others. Uh, but I always focus on the top four. Sure. 
Um, last thing uh, from a dentistry perspective, I'd like to know um, your two cents on. My mother is extremely anxious about going to the dentist. And whenever she has to get uh, worked on, specifically a cavity filled or a root canal or you know a, a crown fixed or whatever it may be, the drilling uh, sound, like not even the feeling, just the sound, it just makes her super anxious. So outside of the uh, cordial nature that you express uh, and, and fun questions that you ask, how do you help curb somebody's anxiety as it relates to uh, the dentistry work that you're about to perform? Because I'm sure there's probably some parallel to overcoming anxiety in life, right? Oh, man. So let's be honest, like for most people, uh, most people, the dental office is a scary place. Yes. Especially in our age group and older. For sure. Um, like Larry. Uh, <laughs> so anxi- dental anxiety is huge. Yeah. And you get to meet people that uh, they'll come in and they'll start shaking or, or they just close off, especially people who are really outgoing. Uh, when you see them close off, then you have to slow down because the general mentality that uh, that, that we're kind of taught is, Hey, you have one hour, right? You have one hour. This is your time. Let's get the work done. Let's go for sure. You can't do that. So with a lot of the anxiety patients in our office, you know, I'll come in. I've had a few, few patients that are like, I'm really freaking out. I'm like, okay, you want to just sit here? Freaking out, man. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Littering and littering and, uh, so with, with my anxiety patients, I've had a few that I've had to sit down and say, Hey, do you just want to talk about this? I've got an hour. You just want to hang out. And so we've taken an hour and just talked what? about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So all the so you and then know, you build them. Well, definitely. <laughs> the business, the business uh, consultants and everything like that. They they sit there and they're like, "What?" I know a few of those. Yeah, you're like you're 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 wasting an hour. An hour. Your time is valuable. Yes, my time is valuable. Time is something we can't get back. But if I ruin your experience. What's going to happen? You're going to go away. Yeah. And it's not going to be six months when you come back. It's going to be when you have a problem. And then you're going to be even more closed off. So we've had a few instances where, where we sit there and say, hey, if, if this is too much for you, let's just talk it out. Sure. Talk it out, bro. I love that. Well, that's And what you just identified is a significant challenge in the business world today. Uh, your time is valuable. You can't just throw away an hour. But- they're looking at it as you throwing away an hour. You and I as individuals that realize that we have nothing without the relationships that we keep, we're not throwing away an hour. We're investing it in the future yeah. of this relationship. And if indeed it enhances each experience to the point where next time Paul comes into your practice and isn't as anxious or smiles when they see you or is excited to talk to you or your one question that you ask because it gets me out of my freaking head and the crap that I'm dealing with at home, then was it a waste? And that's what sucks, man. I say that's what sucks for everybody else, (laughs) but I would say that that's what keeps you and I in a sustainable business model and uh, and maximizing success. It all starts with that one interaction, right? Dude, my guy is present. He's oh, listening. Man. Yes, <laughs> I did my research. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna we're going to do a uh, rapid fire fun questions. This is coming to me right now in the in, off the dome. Uh, you've mentioned music up a couple of times. What's your favorite genre? Oh man, so. I'm going to go to the gym. I like metal. Okay, metal. Mm-hmm. So define metal to me. Like some folks think that that's, that's, uh, that's tool or some no, folks no, think no, that no. that's like kill switch engage. Other folks say Pantera. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. He goes in. Oh yeah. Sometimes you'll hear that in the practice. It's usually when no one's there. Sure. But sometimes the energy's right. <laughs> sometimes the energy, and sometimes you have to create the energy. You do. Uh, fate of the world depends on it. Like, coronavirus is at our doorstep and somebody says if you smash this song right now karaoke style coronavirus it'll left turn and it'll skip the world's doorstep it's a wonderful life or no it's a wonderful world it's a wonderful world by louis armstrong yeah dude you're like a little bit of a you're a jazz buff you you, you just like oh man I, i don't have any one genre like it's just depending on what what i'm doing so in the gym, it's metal. Yes. Uh, when it's with the kids, the little Bruno Mars. Yes. Yeah, they uptown funk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll uptown funk you up. <laughs> you ought to hear little little kids say that. You sit there and say, what'd you what, say? Yes. That's Are you exactly. sure? 
So my son the other day, they're paying attention, right? All the time. And every parent's got this story. But I said, I was looking at my phone, email or something, and I go, shit. And he's three, and he goes, shit. And I go, what'd you say? And he goes, shit. And I go, where did you hear that from? Knowing that I had just said it, but self-discovery is a, is a, is a wonderful development tool. He said, I heard you say it. You just said it. And I said, no, I said ship. And he goes, what ship are you talking about? <laughs> and then we created this whole, so I dodged a bullet, Dr. Dave. He doesn't know that shit exists yet. Oh, he told his mom. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't worry. She knows. So, all right. Um, tell me about the best concert that you ever went to. So my wife and I went to, uh, Sophia had just been born. She was, how old was she? She's probably like four or five months old. And we went to uh, this place in Olathe. It's a backyard. We saw the revivalists in the backyard of somebody's house. This is before they ever became famous. Yes. You know, they're, they're playing small. You say before they became famous, I don't know who they are. Oh, you have to, you have to listen to these guys. The revivalists, they're no, great, never, man. So what genre is that? It's kind of a bluesy rock. Okay. They're out of Louisiana. Okay. And uh, so we're, we're at a house party. These guys are playing some great music. We're sitting there listening to it. The lead singer is crushing it. Of course, nobody's dancing. Everybody's just trying to get to the stage. Sure, keg. right. So what does he do? He jumps off the stage. He goes and grabs the keg, and he sets it right in front of the stage where they're playing. He goes, you want beer? Come up here and drink it. My man. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. So then my wife really, uh, she starts downloading their music, and I was like, oh, yeah. So I'm mowing the lawn all summer listening to their stuff. Uh, sometimes if I just want to relax, I'll put on some of their songs, some of their original stuff before they started doing, uh, before, before they made it big. For sure. I, I like original. Yes. I love it. What an awesome and present individual to know what was driving the, uh, the lack of involvement and to just stop what he was doing and bring the beer. Yeah. Well, after that, my wife and I kind of followed them at a few different events. There was a couple events here in Kansas City and then one in St. Louis, and it just kind of coincided with an anniversary. So we got in the car, dropped the kids off with Grandma and Papa, down to St. Louis, got to see him in a bar. Next thing you know, they make it big. Went and saw him at, uh, what is it, Buzz, uh, yeah, Buzz yeah, Under Buzz the Stars. Yeah, yeah. Saw him there, and we are like, oh, yeah, this, they're still good. Yes. Uh, all right, so two more before we wrap up. Knowing that HIPAA is a real thing, not disclosing names, what's the most memorable patient interaction you ever had? All right. So <laughs> I, I, have, I have a good one. I have a good one. So I, I'd been in practice for a year, and this, uh, this young man came into the practice, and he's, he's just, he's a cool cat, man. He just wants to live his life, and he doesn't care about anything um, appearance-wise. So he, he walks into the practice one day in the middle of the summer, wearing a yellow tank top, like 70s style red Nike shorts. The running, like... The, yeah, I know the exactly run, what you're yeah. talking about. The- Long tube socks and some retro Nike shoes. Yes. Now, he's real skinny. <laughs> Aviator sunglasses and a handlebar mustache. Oh, yes! Yep. And I just sat there and I was like, this is awesome. It is awesome. It is. He, he was all about his self-expression. I love self-expression. Tattoos, piercings, all that. If you want to be self-expressive, great. Yes. Give me the story behind it. How did you how did you even see his teeth when that handlebar mustache is? I could only focus my attention on that. Oh man, it was tough. <laughs> it was tough, but the like the thing he wanted, he he came in and he said, I want a pirate tooth, Dr. Dave. I was What's like, a pirate tooth? I was like, fill me in, man. I'm I'm kind of wanting to know what this is. And he goes, A gold one. Right here. And he just points to a lower tooth that needed to be fixed. And I said, great, let's do it. And uh, I remember when he came back, he came back. It was a very similar uh, outfit, a very similar ensemble. And we put in his solid gold crown. And uh, the first thing he said after I was done was, R. I was like, that is great. <laughs> that is great. So I'm trying to maintain some form of professionalism, which I find... At, at this point in my career, I'm like, why? No, exactly. Why? Yeah. So you should have just been like, oh, are you satisfied? Yeah, yeah, I should have. <laughs> so I'm trying to maintain some form of professionalism. And as soon as I, he gets up, I was like, man, you have a great day. 
And I went to my office and I started laughing. I was like laughing so hard because I was like, this kid, he gets it. He knows what's going on. Yes. Man. What an awesome segue. Cause the last question I was going to ask you about pirates. No, it's about laughter. <laughs> what is the, uh, so the biggest laugh that you could recall the most latest time that you laughed. Oh, I got a good one. Uncontrollably. And what drove it? All right. So we're in the, we're in the car. And I'm driving all four kids to the events that we're doing on a nightly basis. And, and we play this game. I give them a letter. I give them the sound. I say, give me a word that starts with that letter and that sound. Okay. So I say, A, give them the sound, ah. Okay. Right? My nine-year-old comes up with abstract. You know, she throws out just a different word. Yes. My seven-year-old comes up with um, uh, apple. Okay. Age appropriate, I think it was great. Yeah, she, she's in it. it. Yep. I get to my three-year-old, my four-year-old. Uh, well, he's five. He'll be five. He, he's. He was like, "You took my word. You took my word." So I'm already starting to laugh. And he goes, "Apple." And I was like, "Good job, buddy." And I get to my three-year-old, and he just looks me dead in the face, and he goes, "But." <laughs> And now, at this point, I tried not to laugh. I snorted. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, it starts with A. And he, uh, he goes, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Is that in reference to Oh, yeah, man. He's, <laughs> and my five-year-old's looking at him and going, Dominic, those are potty words. Don't use those words. And I'm, I'm like crying in the front seat while I'm driving down the highway, trying not to laugh. And He's like, don't use those words. And Dominic looks at Gabriel and goes, but. <laughs> so that's, that's good belly laugh. The girls are crying in the back seat oh my gosh. from laughing so hard. Gabriel's like getting upset because his brother's not playing by the rules. Yes. Dominic just starts to giggle. You know that little like, I got away with it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fundamentalism, man. Everything yeah. that you just went through, just like the environment that was created by you, uh, the environment that was created by the gentleman uh, that brought the beer keg over, the environment that that uh, is facilitated at your dentistry by showing a genuine interest in others. I'm so thankful that uh, Larry connected us. Uh, I think that you killed it with all the preparation uh, that you put into this particular yes. podcast. Yes. The hours and hours <laughs> I invested. Yes. If our listeners want to learn more about Dr. Dave and his dentistry, where do we go? So you can check us out at uh, fivepoint.dental. Uh, you can find us at Five Point Family Dentistry on uh, Facebook uh, and uh, Instagram and Twitter. Yes, I, I just got so. a new I just got a new Twitter follower about three weeks ago, and it was Five Star Dental. Did you really? Was that you? See, we're always <laughs> doing. We're always watching. We're always watching. <laughs> Dr. Dave, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I look forward to go get a cheeseburger with you as soon as we uh, turn this off. Uh, Larry, uh, producer, uh, greatly appreciate all the value that you added today. Uh, you didn't talk much, but those moments that you did were impactful. <laughs> this is exactly where we do it. Hey, as always, go out, have some fun today, create some fun in the lives of others. We'll see you on the flip side. Deuces! Deuces!